Hey guys, first and foremost, as always, humbled, thankful for you listening to the podcast. Keep hitting me up on Twitter with feedback. Also, um, really excited about something. Over the last several months, it's become uh, very clear to me that the 4Ds product that VaynerMedia has, the one-day consulting session that's $10,000, that's really... kind of going after a business doing a million, maybe 500,000 to 20 million a year in revenue has been really working. We 60 to 70% of the businesses have had ridiculous uh, ROI from the session. And so now I'm rolling it out because it clearly works. So VaynerMedia is uh, super proud to present uh, uh, the four Ds, uh, the daily digital deep dive, garyvee.com slash four D the number 4D podcast, garyvee.com, 4D podcast, if you're ready to take your business to the next level. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Because we're going to be legends. So we started actually uh, this company we're working with, like Truth. I'm the CEO and one of the founders. And we get the idea that a lot of YouTube YouTubers are part of huge MCNs with like thou- thousands of uh, t- uh, talents, and actually like they were big names. Like a lot of YouTubers here, like Ronnie has hundreds of thousands of followers, but like no one was like taking care of the talents, helping them like get brand deals and like developing their business. So we actually like started like disrupt the whole idea of like MCN that we want to focus on small amount of talents, helping them to like develop their business, getting the deals, and this is how we started with guys. Uh, Rabbit Tunes in, uh, invested to the company. We started in Finland. We have running now four years, and last year we opened in Stockholm. So it's like we wanna bring out this to other countries. So I think Kaitso and Jarno are like one of the, you know, like a whole whole industry in, in Finland and Nordics, and they are hosting the stuff in uh, with the dudes in US and like globally. So they have also the perspective for the global business. Yeah, I just for context. <clears throat> I also had a company which I eventually folded into VaynerMedia called Grape Story that I started with Jerome Jar um, and uh, around this space as well and it's just crazy to watch how much money is being poured into influencer marketing. You know, even even um, a fun story for me is Logan Paul who obviously went on and built a huge career. The way Logan Paul started his career was my company Grape Story, oh actually VaynerMedia and Grape Story we had, a, we had Virgin Mobile as a client and we ran a campaign called Discovering the Next Vine Star. Like that was the marketing campaign and kids submitted and I was in my office, there was three pictures and I got to pick the finalist and literally that's how I picked Logan Paul and that's how his career started. He won a contest of a marketing campaign that we did which is crazy to think about now. Um, but this space, for anybody here, obviously a lot of you are familiar with it here, uh, but for the ones that aren't, I don't think it's even remotely begun. And so, you know, obviously any questions we can answer, thrilled to do it. How do you see influencer marketing on B2B segment? I think it's very lucrative. I think the biggest thing though is a lot of the personalities, if you look around, are, are focused more to B2C and can run young. But I mean, this is where, I think influencer marketing has to be reframed and understood as what it is, which is reputation. So if you're a lawyer who happens to be really versed in blockchain and you happen to be a good communicator on video or you love to write, you going, she or he going all in on LinkedIn videos or written words, 
can literally become, I mean, can become the way we call it influencer. You know, so I, I think the B2B space is very lucrative. I think it plays out very heavily in LinkedIn if you want to go there and I think the economics are even more interesting than on the consumer side because it's, it can be very narrow and in our world, for a lot of us, 500,000, 100,000, 400,000, 3 million, we're all competing for consumer but if you're in agriculture technology and you're a thought leader because you're putting out good content, doesn't have to be blowing up stuff for high energy, just thoughtful and smart. If you have 7,000 people following you in a very small market, you could be making hundreds of thousands of dollars in speaking and branded content deals. So I think it's a very lucrative space. How you see that like issue with like, uh, brand safety in influencer marketing? You had this <laughs> quite... Non-event. It's a non-event. The biggest companies in the world, you know this. You had something Some company- Logan Paul. <laughs> well, Logan, you know, but you look at Logan Paul, right? Like, yeah. and we we haven't re- we never repped. Him. Actually, we did rep him for six months. Um, the whole thing with him in Japan and things of that nature, sure. But like, like the truth is, my big thing with brand safety and brands is, people forget. People don't like unless you do something like murder. Like, it takes so much for it to actually be an issue to your business. Um, so I think most brands realize that that can happen with an athlete. I, I promise you this, athletes and movie stars get themselves into more trouble so far than any influencers. Uh, and so there's always a risk when you do some sort of endorsement deal, but as we know, a one-off with him or her is not necessarily you're the face, you're not the like face of the brand. I think when you sign an A-list celebrity or B-list athlete to be the face of the brand, you feel a lot more brand safety issues than a one-off picture of like, Happy Joe is delicious, you know, one time and then later I get a DUI four years from now, it's not gonna be necessarily what the brands worry about. How does it fly the other way around? I mean, if, uh, and, and those who are B2C teen YouTubers, bear with me, but I mean, if, if you're a, uh, teen uh, YouTuber saying this is the best mascara in the world and, and this is marketing. But if you are, let's say, in, in, in B2B and you go with a certain brand, bad example, Clarion Hotels, whenever I travel, like, or if it's, hey, I'm at, here at Clarion, because there are not that many brands who want to work with you. So brand safety from, from yeah. the influencer's yeah. point of view. Let's talk about that. I mean, from my perspective, it's the balance of selling out. To me, your audience is your number one asset. So, you know, anytime you do something, like even when I ask to buy a pair of sneakers or book, which by comparison to what I put out and what I'm asking for in return, I always know that I'm cashing in chips, that I've changed the relationship at that moment. And so when you're a personality and you're putting out a product, you're giving up some equity. You have to decide if the money you're getting is worth what the, you know, but I think if you're authentic in that, it's one thing that if it's authentic to like, maybe I've never drank this before, but I'm okay endorsing it. That can be authentic. It's not like I have to drink this every day. I think where people get caught is when they're whoring out something every week. And eventually the audience tunes them out and then they've lost the asset that they have. So I'm sure everybody can speak to that here that's done it. 
everybody, I promise you this, every influencer here thinks about the deal. Right? It's not like, the answer is not blindly yes, ever. Because you know that you're giving something up for that money. And you, and I mean, I've never, I have been an influencer since 2006 because of YouTube and Twitter and I've never done a single brand deal. I always built other businesses because I just knew that that was not where I wanted to cash in because I knew the value of the end audience attention. On the flip side, I highly encourage it and think it's a very good idea, but it's something I'm sure everybody you know, thinks about a lot. And you bring them deals, right? Yeah. So for him, just team. like for me, me, and right, for him and the team, they're like, take it, take it, take it. In the right way, it's, they obviously have to do a good job, they believed in it. If they got to them saying, hey bro, take it, yeah. they believe in it, but it's still up to him, her, him, him, to really be thoughtful, because it's the only asset they have. It's the same thing, where's the young man? It's the algorithm. It's the same thing as the algorithm. All these influencers actually have is the attention of the other person. It's the only asset they own. But this is why it's really important for influencers also build up the whole business that it's not just based on the ads or brand deals. You have to build up new business. I agree. Around your I agree. Brand. The problem is most, please. Uh, I want to say that jump in the next. Oh, you want to ask what? So let me just end this thought. To, and this is why he's probably going to build a successful business. The problem is most influencers, not most, it's very common for somebody who's creative and can be a personality to not also be a phenomenal business person, right? But to your point, I think where you're gonna see enormous growth is in retail. I think the big next step for influencers is selling shit on Shopify and Amazon and other platforms around the world. So I think one of the biggest things you'll see, him selling green hair dye as like a legitimate business is something I see coming every day. So I think selling. And people are doing that. Logan, oh, you tons. Logan, Paul, like Logan Paul's making made, tens of millions yeah. of dollars on hoodies. Yeah, exactly. Tens. Even build own business. Yeah, I, I believe in this quite a bit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> what are you thinking about uh, investing money on uh, like uh, uh, advertising in Instagram for your? For influencers or for ads? For influencers, because all in. No, 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 no. Believe in like it. If, if a lot. I'm an influencer. Yes. So should I like uh, put little bit money to like promote? With I the, see. Yeah, bidding like. Like bidding like little amounts because now everybody in Finland is uh, like uh, growing organic. So should we put uh, starting putting money? To uh, build your audience. Yeah. To yes. Build your audience. Yes. How much? as much as you can afford. <laughs> I believe in it a lot. I'm spending tens of thousands of dollars a month. Month. And that's because the growth... Because it's like, underpriced. Yeah, it's it, going to get more expensive. Yeah. And that's in Instagram? Or yes. In YouTube as well? Instagram more than YouTube. Yeah. It, YouTube's more mature and is properly priced. Instagram, I feel, is underpriced. Both on the Instagram ad product... It's underpriced. It's YouTube. very underpriced. I mean... Yeah, I mean, everything in Finland's underpriced. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, all of it's underpriced because the big companies in Finland don't believe the attention is there, which is crazy. And, and the money's not, because it's a smaller market, the money's not in there from the entrepreneurs to the same level that we see in other mature markets. So, I mean, for all of you, I would put as much as you can afford back in because you're going to get paid double over time. Yeah. 
what you, Buck, do you go want ahead, to, go ahead. Uh, how about LinkedIn? LinkedIn has a floor. LinkedIn's overpriced as an ad product, but but valuable because of the nature of the audience. So if LinkedIn had an ad product similar to Instagram, Facebook, and Google where there was no floor, it started at one penny, it would be the place I'd spend the most money on, the most. Because the value of the audience is so business oriented, so money oriented, so transactional oriented. The problem is they create a floor of $2 CPM and a lot of that stuff doesn't work out. That's why Facebook pre-Cambridge Analytica where you could market, and a lot of you who follow me heard me yell about this every day, employees of, they took that away, but that product was unbelievable. You could target people that worked at any company. And you'd know who the fuck they were working. I mean, it was, you could make the content for them. Are you doing this when you are represent like a Vayner Media, like uh, athletes? Are On the Vayner pushing? Sports side? Yeah. We, ha- we haven't yet because we're, we're doing more organic yet. Do you have social media stars? No. We, we don't, no. We only so represent. you are only pushing yourself? Yeah, well actually we have a division in Vayner Media called Vayner Talent, <laughs> yeah. where we do have people, and we are running ads for their content. Yeah. Okay. I, this is something everybody should be doing. And especially if you're like young and making money, pouring it back into yourself is just a good <clears throat> idea. Are you monetizing your Facebook videos? Yeah, we just turned it on, but it's it's only because I'm learning it for everybody. Else. Like we just turned it on, and the only reason I turned it on is I just want the data. You know, I'm not excited about having a mid roll in my content on Facebook, but I need to I, I need to use myself right now to get the knowledge for all the other stuff. We're about to launch a men's media company. I have PureWow that I bought last year, so we're about to launch a men's media brand. And I need the I need the information, so that's the only reason I'm doing it. So I would have waited. I waited on YouTube for years. Yeah. So you don't just turn it on. You don't feel that uh, Facebook will overtake YouTube. Oh, I am a big believer in Facebook. I think I think that I don't think it's about overtaking it. I think it's about both. For me, the number one rule that everybody here should think about, whether you're building a personal brand or a business, is not to create friction for the audience. So if they want to watch my vlog on Facebook, I'm going to give it to them. If they want to watch it on YouTube, I'm going to give it to them. If they want to listen to it on a podcast, I'm going to give it to them. I think the biggest mistake people here make, and when I say here, I mean fucking everyone, is they make content for them and their behaviors, not for everybody else's. I think, for example, a lot of these video stars better start getting real serious about audio because video is going to be on decline because video takes time. And that was one of my questions on, on, on B2B side, because a lot of the people, they just don't have, they, they have their work, they have kids, why not? So it's podcast. Uh, what's your view on podcast? <laughs> Big. Big, I, I think audio is gonna eat up a lot of video. It's already happening. Yeah. It's just, right? Yeah. Like even think about yourselves. I mean like think, I, you know, one of the things that in the limited time that my eyes were open on the way to the hotel this morning, like people are listening. If they're listening to music, sure. But they're listening so much more to podcasts than ever before. We all are. And uh, you, know, it, you know, for me, who's more information based, it works. When you're doing a highly visual skit, harder. But I will remind everybody, technology brings us back to the past 
the world ran on listening to radio. Our great-great-grandparents, they had bigger imaginations. They didn't have the video. They listened to soap operas. They listened. And I do think that as crazy as it may sound to watch their content in audio form, I don't think it's as far-fetched as people think. And it definitely, if you're informational, no doubt about it. Have you done any influencer marketing on podcasts? Have I done any inf- What do you mean by that? I want to make sure I understand. These, these things like dollars, dollar save, Yes. Yes. Have you done it with media with any kind of influencers with your projects with or something like that? So I want to make sure I understand. We've done podcast advertising. We do influencer advertising. Yeah. But when you say influencer on podcast, are you saying hire an influencer to do the read as the ad? Like how are you actually yeah, like asking? Reading, reading, reading I think that's, podcast. we haven't, but I think that's a viable option if the show's audience matches an influencer who has a lot of street cred. It'd be like an athlete reading an ad during, during a sports show, right? Um, but we haven't done that. How is it like monetization of podcasts? Like, what is the future? Like, now it's like discount code and stuff. But what is what is the next? I don't know. I mean, I think I think there's a lot of ways. There's there's two ways. You either do ads or you integrate natively into the show, right? So, two guys talking about esports, drinking Happy Joes, and that's how it's integrated. Talking about it once in a while, referencing it making a joke about it, you can integrate it, or it's just a live read in the beginning, in the middle, or the end. So radio advertising is very black and white. It's either ads, or it's integrated natively into the show. How effective you see that? How what? How effective as a effective? marketing me- uh, Massively. I think podcasts are grossly underpriced. That's everything. All right, we got to wrap up. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks so much. Nice. Thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world, if you could go and leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.